Welcome to More Than a Budget, a podcast presented by Relational Media. Co-founders Jeff Fine Thomas, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and John Mitchell, a certified financial planner, combine the fields of psychology and personal finance to help couples improve their relationships and discover what is more important than money. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Jeff. And today we are talking about feelings. Which has nothing to do with money. It has absolutely nothing to do with money. I mean, when you sit okay. down and you build a budget, you're talking about pluses and minuses. You're talking about bills and right. income. It can't possibly have anything to do with feelings. Nobody's ever had an argument <laughs> about money huh, that involved some feeling. Right, right. It is crazy how um, most books in the self-help section on money mm-hmm. don't talk about feelings. Because when everybody gets amped up, and arguing and stuck about money. Yeah. Guess what we're really terrible at doing? Talking about our feelings. Yeah. Oh, we're great at talking at volume. But yeah. Not and with intensity. Really going on. That's right. right. With intensity. Mm-hmm. So um, Jeff kind of pitched this idea to me that, you know, most of us are not really good at putting words to how we feel. Yes. I, I, you know, that maybe that's a, maybe that's saying a lot. Most of us, I don't know what the percentages are, but let's, let's start at the beginning. So all humans have feelings. This may be for many people saying this out loud might seem very basic, right? It might be like, but the truth is lots of people have the experience that they would rather not deal with feelings and therefore they make conscious and not so conscious efforts to set their feelings aside. I'm sure you've met someone like this. Mm-hmm. Some, do you remember, um, do you remember uh, Spock on, wait, this is dating me right now, right? Like yeah. Star Trek, right? The emotionless. Right, uh, right. Vulcan, yeah. Right, half human and half Vulcan. And sure. when he had his feelings, of course, it ripped him apart, right? And, um, but this, character allows us to see that there's a human experience that sometimes people don't like how they feel. And in fact, people often say their feelings are bad or negative. But I would suggest that your feelings are just feelings. They're not positive or negative. They're not good or bad. You might like some more than others, and there might be a lot that you don't like. But they serve some purpose for us. And it's important to understand what those purposes might be. This is very different than saying, hey, if I'm going to get into a financial discussion with somebody, I need to make sure I control my feelings. Yes. Controlling your feelings, uh, you know, could, could include doing something to dampen the intensity or holding your tongue when it might not be appropriate to express your feelings. But the truth is, we're really wanting to know what our feelings are because they're informing something important that we might be talking about, such as finances. So this is going to be a little bit about exploring and understanding, not so much about managing. Well, probably both. Okay. Yeah. So... Back to your previous point, you know, sometimes it's difficult to find the words that describe the feelings, right? So, so sometimes our feelings are experienced sort of in our body. Have you ever had that 
um, thing where people say, you know, I feel butterflies in mm-hmm. my stomach. Sure. They don't mean literally there are butterflies in their stomach. They mean they're nervous mm-hmm. or anxious. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have stage fright and they need to go on stage, you know, so they try to find a way to describe what it is that's going on inside their body. And they use whatever analogy or direct word to describe that. So one of the things that's important for us in relationship to do is to begin to try to understand what our feelings are. And like I said before, people have a whole host of feelings. It's not that you just have one or two or three, you have a ton of them. And so finding the words that match the experience you have is a key part to understanding what's going on. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I can imagine in your field, um, in therapy, in therapy world, that you get to see a lot of feelings come out, um, in discussions and arguments in, Mm -hmm. um, interactions that you're having with, with your patients. Yeah. And, I would imagine that those feelings are sometimes confused. Yes. Sometimes people will say they feel one way, and then as we talk it through, we'll sort of identify that's not what they were feeling. They were feeling something else. For example, it is extremely common in our culture for men to express feelings of anger, but actually have something else going on in addition to the anger. For instance hurt mm-hmm. or scared. Mm-hmm. But if they feel as if it's not safe to say, I feel hurt right now, they might instead prefer to say, I feel angry right now. So sometimes feelings occur in kind of layered way where one is the one that's expressed and there might be several others behind it that are unexpressed. So can I ask a core question? Sure. Maybe we should have asked at the beginning of this instead of me trying to be as funny as I was. Um, If we're going to be having discussions about life as a couple, yeah, feelings are going to come out. That's right. Um, Are you suggesting that maybe one of the skills that we need to develop as couples is the ability, whether in the moment or after the moment, to be able to talk about how we feel about a thing? in order to have better communication about that thing. Yeah, you're, that's exactly what I'm suggesting. I'm saying that feelings are almost always connected with events or thoughts or things going on inside us or outside us. They, they're, they co-occur. And if you don't understand that they're occurring with something else, you know, you're talking about money uh, and you're and you're beginning to feel defensive, but you don't know why you're defensive. Then suddenly that defensiveness gets acted out through tone of voice and gestures and loudness. And suddenly you're hurting your partner instead of solving the problem that you were supposed to be solving, right? The conflict that, that was emerging right then. So it's important to be able to say, I notice myself feeling frustrated because X, Y, and Z. And I see that my frustration is clouding my ability to solve this problem with you. You know, would you mind if we talk about how we're feeling right now for a second before we solve that problem? Or even afterwards is, hey, 
as I was trying to talk to you about this, I could see that it was really starting to have an impact on you. It was causing you stress. Yeah. Could we talk about in order, because we, I don't think we really solved it. I don't think we actually resolved the issue, but before we go back into it, can I try, can you try to help me understand those big, you know, the big feelings that you were feeling? Yes. Because it seems like there's two trains running down parallel tracks, right? There's, what I'm thinking about the thing and how I'm feeling about the thing. And they may be connected. They may not be connected. I would suggest that they are connected, that in fact they're running in parallel, just like you've reminded us. And that if you attend to only one part of what's going on and not the emotional part, then you will perhaps solve the problem that you were talking about, but have hurt your partner's feelings. And that will then be another part of the problem. So you have to attend to at least two things at the same time. I think one of the things that we need to pay attention to is that especially feelings about money can be quite difficult. As, as we've talked about before, yeah. money is a taboo subject. There's so many situations where, where people don't want, even couples who share everything else, they don't want to talk about money. If you ask a couple, like in my office, if I ask a couple, tell me about your financial situation, the first thing they will do is look at each other and say, you know, do you want to go? Meaning mm-hmm. I don't want to be the one who talks about this. Mm-hmm. I, we've run into a taboo, right? Mm-hmm. And then if they start talking about it, they'll do so in the vaguest of ways. Mm-hmm. One will say, I, I feel very frustrated because I don't know anything about the finances. Tell me what it is that you need to know. I don't know. I just don't know anything. Because they're bumping into this taboo. They, what they want to say is, I don't know how much we have saved for retirement. Can you tell me the exact number? Mm-hmm. Or I don't like it that you make decisions about the, the dollars and don't tell me about that. Um, and I don't know how much we ac- actually spent on this. How much did we spend? And then the other one's like, you know, deer in the headlights. Like, I don't want to say it out loud in front of my therapist that I spent $12,000 on this thing that you don't like or whatever the number is, right? Let me um, muddy the water maybe even a little bit more as to why money is such a difficult topic when, when we're talking about how we feel. A lot of times I will be meeting with a family who has, I don't know, maybe inherited some money or just sold a business. And their financial situation is changing significantly. They're now coming into um, levels of cash flow or money um, that they are unaccustomed to. And we would all think, oh, that sounds like a wonderful first world problem. Yeah, winning the lottery, huh? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, of all the problems out there, that's one of the better ones. I'm going to j- just... Yeah, sure. right. Sure. But it's still disorienting. And one of the things that I try to do really quickly with families is I try to say, my guess is you don't know what this amount of money means. And they will go, I don't. I mean, it's amazing. They go, you're right, I don't. It sounds like a lot. It sounds like life-changing money. And, and they don't know what that means. Yeah. So we'll go through a process of saying, for instance, this is, 
this is basically about how much money this lump sum should be able to generate for you on a monthly basis going forward. Mm -hmm. And they go, Oh, that's different. That I can, that scale I can work in. Right. Mm -hmm. If you tell me that that generates $5,000 a month of after tax spendable income, I can process what that relate to that. Yeah. But I don't know what to do with this big lump sum. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times when, when you're dealing with your couples who are saying, I need to, I don't know what's going on with our finances. Even if they got a number that doesn't necessarily translate into the core question of, should I feel like we no longer have a scarcity problem? Should I feel safe? Should I feel comfortable making some decisions on my own with the finances? Should I, you know, should I be giving, should I be willing to give up some control here? Mm -hmm. You know, these are all the core questions, right? These are all the feelings that go around money. And they deal with safety, they deal with scarcity, they deal with security, security, they deal with trust, they deal with freedom. These are all great big feelings, and most of us don't know how to connect the dots. And sometimes what will occur is if you don't know what the feeling is, you will act it out Mm -hmm. instead of saying it, and you end up having two problems. You don't know what the meaning of the money is and how to deal with that and how to deal with the questions you just mentioned but then you're also frustrated with your partner because they reacted in a way that seemed not helpful to the circumstance. And I got to say this too, is because if you, if what you tell your partner is, is I don't know where we are financially, but what you're really saying is, is I don't feel safe. If we can't address the fact that I don't feel safe, if we can't look at the money in a way to say, does the money that we have deal with safety? And say, we are, we're safe in this way. We wouldn't be safe if we lost a job. We wouldn't be safe if we got injured. We wouldn't be mm-hmm. safe, you know, and just look this thing in the face and call it what it is right. and then face it together. We have to recognize that those feelings that you're talking about actually are important to us. They are, in many ways, things that can't be solved by dollars and cents. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I think we get security of course, uh, through financial means in one way, but security in another way comes from a relational process, Correct. not from dollars. And so you have to address the relationship if you're hoping to truly have some kind of security in it. We know that um, <clears throat> financial security isn't guaranteed. We know that we're not entitled right. to a smooth road. We're know that we know that we're not entitled to have our job 10 years from now. We know that we're not entitled to good health. And so I think sometimes we just go, but I need to know that that's the case. You don't need to know that's the case because you already know that it is. You already know that we live in a dangerous world. Yeah. And so we want to face it with our eyes wide open. We want to to face the future knowing that if things happen, good or bad, we will adapt and we'll adapt together because we um, have built something that we yeah, communicate you can, well and we, we trust each other. Yeah, you, count, you can count on your partner. So that's, I think a lot of what we're talking about here is putting some words to these feelings so that the type of communication that we can have about money is actually constructive. Yeah. All right. Let's, so let's talk about a few things to wrap up. So I think one of the things people can do, as we've mentioned, is to really start trying to find the language that matches how you feel. You can literally go online and search the internet for 
feeling wheels. There are a ton of them, all different ones, and a list of every possible feeling there ever was and puts them into groups. And, you know, you can kind of uh, put it on your fridge and say, okay, I feel, you know, I think I feel this one right here. I have never heard of this. Yeah, yeah, I'll bring you one. <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can put it on your fridge. So first things first, figure out what the words are that match your experience. And then I think the next thing is to begin to practice expressing how you feel with your partner regularly because that persistent practice allows you to identify the nuances. Mm -hmm. You know, you can be, for instance, uh, you could have different levels of intensity of a particular feeling and that nuance is important. So if you're a little, a little bit scared, that's a different thing than a lot scared Mm -hmm. and how your partner interacts with you and how you interact with them is partly dependent on how intense that feeling is. And of course it gets exponentially more complicated because you can have more than one feeling at a time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, being able to persistently practice how, how you express your feelings allows you to give your partner nuance. Mm -hmm. And I think the last thing is it's really important um, to commit to being consistently expressive, but also being receptive So in a relationship, it's a mutual thing, right? We are wanting not only to give aspects of our experience to our partner so they can understand us, but also we want to understand our partner as well. So when they come to us expressing how they feel, we need to be receptive to that. We need to hear it. We need to ask questions about it and wonder, you know, with some curiosity, what might be going on and how we might be able to help. It's really important that we pay attention to the emotional life of our partner. Even if they seem like they don't have much emotional life, it's there. Mm -hmm. So ask about it, find out about it, stay curious about it, encourage them. Mm -hmm. My wife and I have played this game occasionally in the car or anywhere for that matter. Um, And we started doing it when we were, I think engaged. Um, And it was just something that we picked up by accident, but one of us will be staring off into space and the other one will go, what are you thinking right now? Yeah. And the rule is you have to, you know, well, I was actually thinking about getting an ice cream cone or I was actually thinking about how your mother makes me crazy. <laughs> or I was actually thinking about, you know, and you just right, say right. what you were thinking about. Right. Which is a little bit of vulnerability, right? Right. Um, but we could play the same game. Our listeners could play the same game as, you know, how do you feel about this? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you could definitely ask, do it either way. You know, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Either way, it doesn't matter. And when your partner answers, just say, well, how does that feel? Or what, what's the feeling that's connected to that? Or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they're going to say something that already has a feeling word in it and ask more about it. Right. I think it's really helpful. That's a really helpful game because it helps you to understand on the micro level what your partner's thinking, what's going through their mind at any given time. And it helps you feel closer and connected to them. It's not just enough to know your partner's thoughts. I mean, you're going to run into their emotions all day, every day. Yeah, that's true. And so getting a chance to kind of help unpack and learn that um, and and learn the words around it um, is disarming. And yeah. It's trust building. And being open and vulnerable is, as you point out, it's it builds connection. All right. Well, hey, Jeff, thanks a lot. All right. See you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a like, comment, or review. 
and tell your friends. New episodes drop weekly. Learn more about Jeff and John at relational-media.com. 